0: Thank you for downloading this sermon brought to you by the Preaching Ministry of Liberty Baptist Church of Las Vegas, Nevada, Dr. David Tice. For more sermons in both audio and video format, we encourage you to visit experienceliberty.com. Also, for a word of encouragement, insight, and biblical inspiration, follow Pastor David Tice's blog at davidtice.com. So without further ado, let's open our hearts to the Word of God that's a wonderful thing to watch young people serving the Lord. Take your Bibles tonight and turn to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. Last time we were together in one Wednesday night, and we were talking about uh, the parables of Jesus. Jesus begins to speak in parables in Mark chapter 4. And in, 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 uh, in chapter 4, again, this is our series is Jesus, Our Example. Today we're going to talk about the principles of sowing and reaping. Oftentimes when we talk about pr- the sowing and reaping, we, th- we talk about finances, but we're not going to do that tonight. We're going to talk about what Jesus has sown in your life. Because the, this parable, the, the parables that he begins to give us in Mark chapter 4 are all about sowing he, in fact he tells this parable of the sower who goes out and he sows seed some falls by the wayside and and some falls uh, on stony ground and some falls where there's weeds that grow up and choke it and then some bring forth fruit some 30 60 and and a uh, hundred fold in fact let's read it together it says in verse 13 and he said uh, he says and and know you not This parable, very important verse. He says, know you not this parable? And how then will you know all parables? He said, if you don't know this parable, you're not going to understand any of the other parables he's going to give in this chapter. He said, "It's very important that you know this parable, that you understand this parable about a sower that goes out and sows, and then he takes time to explain it." In verse fourteen, he says, "It says the sower soweth the word, and these are they by the wayside where the word is sown, but when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word." that was sown in their hearts. And you know people like that. You share with them the gospel, you share with them the truth, and they don't want the truth, and and, uh, it's just gone. And these are they, likewise, which are sown on stony ground, who, when they have heard the word, immediately receive it, with gladness, and they have no root in them, and so endure but for a time afterward when affliction or persecution ariseth, uh, for the word's sake immediately they are offended. So these people are people that they're all excited about the Lord, and you know people like this. They got excited about the things of God, they're there, and for a couple of years they're on fire, but then it begins to dwindle out and they're gone you say whatever happened to them. What well, Jesus describes them here in verse 18, it says, "And these are they which sown are sown among thorns, such as hear the word, and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of for other things entering in choke the word and it becometh unfruitful." Now this was a person that got saved and they were bearing fruit and things were happening, but boom, something happens and they're no longer Bearing fruit, the the things of this world get choked out by the things of the world. I had a good friend when we went when I went to Bible college. He went to college with me. His name was Larry, and Larry and I we had visions of what we were going to do for Christ, and we were going to start churches. and 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 we, and the first year that we were there, he was he was there. He was a married student. I was a single student, and he. he was just really on fire for the Lord. In fact, we would go out and lead people to Christ to, together. We, we went out visiting together. Uh, we built a, a huge bus route with, with uh, a one, at one time, over 105 kids were packed in a 60-passenger bus. Uh, and uh, that wasn't a good thing, but it was a good thing uh, because we got them to church, got to give them the gospel, and it was a great thing. But uh, 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 after he got, after second year, I was gone for over the summer. I came back, and and uh, he had gotten a job and he was making some money like he had never made before. And man, he was thinking, man, I'm, well, I'm just going to make some money for a year or two and then I'll go back into school. And uh, it, it never got back to school. It just got you know, all that, cho- that, that fruitfulness that was in his life was choked out by the cares of the world. The Bible says in verse 20, and these are they which are sown on good ground. Such as hear the word, and receive it, and bring forth fruit, some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundredfold. Now it's very important what he's saying here. He's saying that the reason he plants the fruit, or the plants the seed, is so that it will bring forth fruit. My wife loves to garden. She loves to garden. If you were to go out in my backyard in the midst of this desert there is a forest out in my backyard there is there are there are apricot trees there are there are peach trees, there are apple trees, there are all sorts of other bushes. Then there's these great big trees that cover it so that if you go to my backyard, you're in shade. Uh, and that's the purpose. Uh, we want the shade there. You go into my yard, it's 110 degrees every place else. It'll be about 90 degrees underneath that shaded area. Now, when she, if you, in fact, if you go through my house, at different places in my house, you will find bags little bags, and I'll get ready to throw them out. I said, what is this? And they're seeds. And she says, no, don't throw those seeds away. These are seeds. These are very, very important. And so there's peach seeds, and there's pumpkin seeds. We were driving back from uh, the East Coast, uh, and, and I, I looked over on, on the floor near the exit of our motorhome, and on, on a little ledge there, there was all sorts of seeds there, pumpkin seeds. And I thought, what are they doing there? We got to get through She said, do not touch my seeds. Those are seeds that are drying out there, and I'm going to use them. I'm going to plant pumpkin seeds in the backyard. She, she plants them. Now, when she plants them, she plants them for one reason, not just because she wants to see a bush, not just because she wants to see nice, uh, nice green leaves come up. That's nice. But when you plant a pumpkin seed, Now, let's see if you can come up with the answer to this. When you plant a pumpkin seed, the purpose is to get pumpkins. pumpkins, That's right. And if you plant a peach seed, it is so that later on you'll get... That's correct. And if you plant apple seeds, you get... See, the whole thing is you're going to produce this fruit. What did you say? (laughs) Apple cobbler. cobbler, that's right. So, and, and in fact... In fact, when I came home from our trip to uh, the Northeast, we we came home last week. My wife went out. Our peach trees were loaded with peaches, and my wife went out and got peaches, and I got peach cobbler. I got peach. I mean, she made some peach. It was good stuff. You take some. You take. You warm that stuff up, and then you take the ice cream and you melt the ice cream over the. Yes, somebody understands. You melt that, and it's just—it's so so good and so healthy, uh, you know. <laughs> fruit, you know. So you, you have uh, you have this you have this peach cobbler, and it, and it was great. And so, like Saturday evening, I had peach cobbler, and it was really really wonderful. And the reason I had that was because she decided years ago to take a peach seed, plant that that peach seed in the ground, and a tree came forth. And it came forth for one reason, so it could produce fruit, to produce peaches. And I got peach cobbler out of that. Now, God wants us to understand this, this principle of sowing and reaping. He wants us to understand that, he, that the reason he sows seed in our life is so that our life will produce fruit. God sows seeds in the life of his servants. I hope you have notes. I didn't ask about that, but... Uh, uh, God sows seeds in the life of his servants. And the reason he sows them is so that they will produce fruit. God wants you to bring forth fruit. They bring forth fruit, they bring forth different types of fruit, they produce in different amounts. Some of our trees have got a lot of peaches on them. And some of them have got very few. And some of them even got less than that because my grandkids picked them uh, while I was gone. And, uh, uh, and they bring forth fruit. The reason he plants seed is so that it will produce fruit. Very, very important. There's a, there's a story in the New Testament where Jesus is walking into a town called Bethany or from a town called Bethany and there's a fig tree and it looks beautiful and lush and he goes to the fig tree to pick some figs off that tree and when he goes there and there's no fruit there there's there's nice big leaves it looks like a massive producing thing but it has no fruit and he curses the tree and the next day the disciples are amazed because the fig tree withered up and died. The purpose of that tree was to bring forth fruit. It wasn't doing what it was supposed to do, and therefore God cursed it, and it was gone. So you need to understand, number one, that God sows good seed in the life of his servants so that we will produce fruit. Now, he says this. He says in verse 21 22, you need to understand this in the context of this because we hear, we hear this verse quoted a lot. He says that your fruit is like a candlestick. Look what he says. It says, And he said unto them, Is a candle brought to be put under a bushel or a- under a bed and not to be set on a candlestick? For there is nothing hid that shall not be manifest, neither was anything kept secret, but that it should come abroad. Now, I want you to ca- capture, he's just talked about fruit and producing fruit and all of this thing about sowing and producing some 30 and some, some 60 and a hundredfold. Why does he go directly, wow, I feel powerful. Why does he go from that to to? Uh, Let's talk about candlesticks. What is the deal? What is he talking about? Here's the deal. Let's first of all understand the candlestick. When he talks about a candlestick, actually in the Greek the word is lampstand. This is an ancient uh, uh, lamp in, in the Bible, the Bible talks about, in the book of Revelation, talks about lampstands and about seven, lamp, uh, seven lampstands and ha- ha- having seven candles on those lampstands. This is what he's talking about. He's talking about a, a little vase It was an oil producer. It was an oil lamp. Remember when you were a kid, you used to sing, if you did, if you were in church when you were a kid, you sang, give me oil in my lamp. Keep it burning, burning, burning. Give me oil in my lamp. I pray, Hallelujah! You remember that song? Anybody remember that song? Okay, a few of you do. Okay, so, so uh, that's the oh, that's the lamp and that's the oil. So uh, that's the picture. Now those those uh, vases would sit on a lamp stand like that, and up there on the top, that those those lamps would sit on top of that. Now what he says here is, you do not. Light the candle, light, light the the lampstands. You do not light them so that you can put them under a bushel, or you don't put them on a bed. That's absolutely absurd. God doesn't want us to have. God wants us to be like lampstands that are not under the bed. He He said you don't do that because two things. Number one, it hides the light. If you put the candle or the, the, the lamp under the bushel, it hides the light. Second thing is it could burn up the bed. Uh, I mean, you put this thing underneath, those beds were made out of straw and different things, and, and you just put, you don't do that. It's not a good thing to do. God's making a real, uh, a real point here that, that you don't get a lamp, you don't get, a, you don't get these, this lampstand to stick it in a place where nobody can see it. But what you do is you put the light, the light on a light stand. You put it so that it can light up the room. Now what's this got to do with sowing seed? The idea is this. God is letting us know that he places his seed in you to produce fruit. And he produces it so that everyone in the room can see it. What's the fruit that he produces? The Bible says this. But but the fruit of the Spirit, when you got saved, he placed the Holy Spirit in your life. When you got saved, the Spirit of God came to live inside of you. You were dead spiritually, and you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And then he came, he, he sent his Holy Spirit to make your dead spirit come to life. And he comes and lives inside of you. He's living inside of you. And when he comes to live inside of you, he produces certain things that you can't produce yourself. He produces in you unconditional love. That means you love people when they're unlovely, when they're not being nice. Uh, Think husband. Uh, think, uh, think, Think neighbor. Think when they're not being nice. God puts in you, look, fruit, the fruit of love. He puts in you the fruit of joy. You have joy that's in your life. You say, well, I don't feel very joyful. We'll talk about that in just a minute. Uh, He he puts peace in your life. So no matter what you're going through, you can have a calm and you can have a peace in your life. Why? Because he's sown it in you. Just like that fig tree, he sowed the fig inside of the tree. And he was expecting it. He expected out of that tree a fig and when it wasn't there he was disappointed he was upset and he cursed the tree he's placed within you long suffering that is the ability to put up with things over and over and over again then why am i always blowing my top because you're not you're not producing the fruit he's placed in within you gentleness He's placed that within you. He's placed within you goodness. He's placed within you faith. He's placed within you meekness. He's placed within you temperance, and he wants that to come forth. He places that in you so that it will come forth. You say, well, I don't, it doesn't come forth. I mean, I, I get upset, I'm, I'm, I'm freaked out, I'm, I'm panicked about what's going on in the world, I'm, I'm always worried about things. That's because you haven't surrendered yourself to the Holy Spirit of God, who wants to produce in you love and joy and peace and long-suffering and gentleness and goodness and faith and meekness and temperance. He has placed them in you and he wants you to produce them. And if you're not producing them, then don't say, Well, it's just the way I am. No, you got saved. You were made a new creature in Christ and you need to produce it. You see, when you refuse to love that unlovable guy or that unlovable girl, or that when you refuse to do that, What you're doing is quenching the Spirit of God that lives in you and wants to produce in you. When you're so upset that your kids, you just want to kill, can that happen? Yes, because, because you're not surrendering every day to the control of the Holy Spirit of God. You need to confess, God, I don't have love right now. I do not have unconditional love towards that person. In fact, I would like to do things to harm that person. You need to confess that. The fruit of the Spirit is love. And if the Spirit of God is living inside of you, then He's been placed inside of you, so you will produce this fruit. He produces those, in, those things in you. Understand, because you're a light, you're like a candlestick, He's placed these things within you so that you will light up the room that you go in. He's placed this stuff in you so that you can bring the love. So that you can bring the peace when everybody else is panicked out, you can bring the peace if you are surrendered to the control of the Holy Spirit of God. That's why it's so important that we be surrendered to Him. Not only does He produce fruit in you, He produces, he, He's given you spiritual gifts. And he wants you to share those spiritual gifts with others. The idea is this, the fruit that he puts in you, the spirit that he puts in you to produce the fruit, is not for you. God doesn't put love in you so you can love yourself. God doesn't put joy in you so that you can be happy. He puts joy in you so that you can bring joy to somebody else. He he puts peace in you so that you, so somebody can pick uh, pick peace off of you and say, "Oh man, when I'm around you, there's peace." But he's also given you spiritual gifts so that you can use those spiritual gifts to benefit other people. In in one Corinthians chapter twelve, in verse four through seven, it says, "Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit, and there are differences of administration, but the same Lord, and there are diversities of operations." But it is the same God which worketh all in all, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. The idea is very simple, that God's given you these things to profit everybody else in the church. It's not for yourself. God doesn't give you you spiritual gifts so that you can build up yourself. He gives you spiritual gifts so they will will be manifest. Manifest. Uh, he says all of his fruit and his gifts should be manifest. That is, they should shine as a light. All Everything that he's given, they, that the word manifest means to be brought out into the open. So the gifts that God's given you and the fruit that God's producing in you is not for you. It's so that you can benefit other people. And God wants us to understand that. We talked Sunday about responsibility. We talked about realizing our purpose. Uh, what, what is our purpose. What is our purpose? What is our reason for being? Well, God has, God has given you fruit and he's given you gifts so that he, you can manifest his truth in, uh, in whatever purpose, whatever reason he uh, has made you for. So you can fulfill the responsibilities that God has for your life. Now, after he gives this thing about, about the, 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 the light and he says, look, I've put this in your life so that you will be a light to whatever room you go into, understand this, that God says this, this is so amazing. This is so amazing. And this is all in the context of this passage. The next point is this, that God will use your life to the measure that you're willing to share his fruit. God wants to use your life to the measure that you are willing to produce the fruit. Look at verses 23 through 25. It says this, If any man have ears to hear, let him hear. And he saith unto them, Take heed what you hear. With what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you, and unto you that hear shall more be given. This is so amazing. Amazing. For he that hath to him shall be given, and he that hath not from him shall be taken even that which he hath. What's he saying? First of all, he says, Listen. He says, Listen to what God is telling you. Listen to what God is telling you. He says, With, a, with, a, with what measure that you meet, it's going to be measured to you. That is, what you do with the gifts and the, and the fruit that God's given to you, God's going to give back to you. If you are a, a peach tree and you've given out all your fruit, that's good because then God will produce more fruit in your life. But if you're a peach tree and you're hoarding all your, tree, your peaches for yourself, God says, okay, I'm not giving back to you any more fruit. The idea is he's given you love so you can love others but if you refuse to love that person if you refuse to to have joy if you refuse to bring joy to that person then God's not going to give you any more of it and you might think why am I so miserable here's why you're keeping all your fruit to yourself you're keeping all your gifts to yourself if you use what God has given you he's going to give you more in the same measure that you meet with all it shall be measured to you if you use it, if you manifest it, if you, if you say, okay, God's given this to me, so I'm going to use it, and I'm going to give it out. Some people say, well, you know, I just, I don't know. I, just, I like to sit back and do nothing. Well, you need to understand Then you're limiting the, what, the gifts that God's going to give in your life. You're limiting what God's going to produce in your life. If you do the job God has given you, he will give you more. He'll give you more. I, I never ever am in a situation where I don't have something to do. If you keep busy doing what God wants you to do, he's going to give you more. But if, listen to this, if you neglect the gift and refuse to do the job before you, he will take it away and give it to somebody else. This just sounds totally unfair. How come he comes to one person, takes away the gift from one person, and gives it to another person who has, who has already many gifts? Or he takes the fruit away from one person, and that's what Jesus says is going to happen. He takes the fruit away from a person, the, the little bit of fruit that the one person has and gives it to the person that has much. Why? Because the person that has much is using the gifts and the, and the, and the fruit that God's given to him. You see, God has put these things in your life. God has put certain things in your life, not just fruit, not just gifts, but he's given you all sorts of different abilities. He's planted seeds in your life, and he wants those seeds that are planted in your life to burst forth and light up the room that you're in. Your life is to go into wherever you work and light it up in your neighborhood and light it up that's why he's placed these seeds in your life to produce fruit that will light up the room the area the place that you live God wants you to God wants to do that he's given you not just these things he's given you different skills you've got skills that 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 others don't have You've got skills, you can do things others cannot do. You have talents, you have abilities that others do not have. I love the fact that Carissa was up here playing the piano. I love the, the different musicians that we have here that are developing their talents. What a terrible thing to have a talent like that and then just say, well, I just do it at home by myself because I don't want, uh, I'm just sort of embarrassed. No, you're supposed to take it out and, and shine it so other people can be blessed by that. If you were blessed by Carissa tonight, say amen. If you were blessed by the piano player tonight, say amen. Now, the fact of the matter is we're blessed when people take their talents and let them shine and don't stick them under the bed and don't stick them under the, under the uh, uh, bushel. You're to take those things and let them shine. The gifts that God's given you, the spiritual gifts that God's given you, or, or even physical gifts that God's given you, or circumstances. God's given you circumstances of life that are positive and negative. Rob, you ever had any negative things happen in your life? Okay. So God allowed you in that negative circumstance, He put you there. Because he's in control. If you're surrendered to him, he's in control of you. He knew that negative circumstance that you were in, and he put you there because he wanted you like a candlestick in that circumstance. He wanted you like a lampstand to, to show the light of God in that circumstance. Now, I don't know if you flunked or, or, or you succeeded, but that's, what you, that's why God puts you in the circumstance. God puts you in a, uh, a financially tough circumstance, or, or maybe He puts you in a, a very uh, financially affluent circumstance. He puts you in whatever circumstance you're in, so that His light can shine out of you. This is a thing that God has given to you. It's a seed He's planted in you. Your location, whether it's your neighborhood, whether it's your, whether it's your. Uh, where you work, whether it's where you go to school, whatever it is, the location that you're in, God has placed you there for the purpose of shining as a light. I was, I was um, out with Pastor Matt and uh, his family yesterday. We were in Saint George, Utah, and uh, we were having dinner at an Outback restaurant. And after we were all done, um, after we were all done, we got up. And I'm walking out the door, and a guy says to me, "I hope you had a good night." Just off the cuff, you know, the guy behind the desk. And I thought, I said, "Well, yes, thank you, we did." And the Spirit of God said, "You need to give that guy a track." And I thought, "Oh, he, he was—he was just talking." And I actually argued with God about this. I said, "I said, uh, I said," um, I, I'm, in my mind, I'm thinking, "Oh." Th- God doesn't care if I give that guy a track, and I'm walking out. And I always tell people, God, Satan will never tell you to give somebody a track. Can you imagine Satan telling you, give, give the gospel to somebody. So, but, and, and that went through my mind. My, it went through my mind. You say that God would never, uh, t- or Satan would never tell you to give that guy a track. And I'm walking out, and I'm thinking, yeah, I'm just, but I'm reasoning in my mind. As I'm walking out, Pastor Matt comes walking in, and he said, hey, Dad, did you give that lady a track? The, the waitress. And I said, no, I thought you did. And then, I, and, and God said, he's going back in to give the waitress a track, and you're walking by this guy, and I'm just refusing. God put me in that location so that guy would get a track. I went back, and I said, hey, can I give you something really good? And I handed him uh, the track, and he, I said, I wrote that. You'll like that. And he said, oh, well, thank you. So he has an opportunity to go to heaven. What if he never reads the track? That's not my problem. I just was finally obedient to God. It took a while, but I was finally obedient to the God. What I'm saying is this, he put me in that location. He puts you in locations so that you can use that seed that he plants in you. He's put desires in you. And these are seeds that he puts in you so that you can shine as a light. He puts you in different events so that you can shine as a light. He put he he, he gives in your family. He, he puts you in these places. What I'm saying is this. What Jesus is saying is, look, I put within you these seeds so these seeds would produce fruit. And the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and long-suffering and gentleness and goodness and faith and meekness and temperance. I put these in you. You may not feel very meek, but you need to let the Spirit, so you need to surrender to the Spirit every day so he'll produce these things in your life. I've put within you spiritual gifts so that you can shine as a light with those gifts. I've put this fruit within you so that the fruit will come out and it'll be- benefit other people. I've put you in all these circumstances of life. I've put you in all these different situations. I've placed within you skills and talents and gifts so that you can use those to shine as light, to bring light in a dark room. And that's what we're supposed to be doing. That's what you in your life area are supposed to be doing with your life, and that's what I'm supposed to do in the life area that I find myself. And then he goes on. He says this in verse 26. Look at this. He says, and he said, he said, so is the kingdom of heaven, or the kingdom of God, as if a man should cast seed into the ground, and it should s- and and should sleep. And rise night and day, and the seed should spring and grow up, and he knoweth not how. For the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself, first the blade, then the ear, and after that the full corn of ear. But when the fruit is brought forth immediately, he putteth uh, in the sickle, because the harvest is come. The last point is very simply this, that God expects you to produce seed. It is natural. He's given you all that you need to succeed in producing fruit. He's given it all to you. And you just need to allow it to happen. God's given you everything you need to do to accomplish the job that he's called you to do. Several years ago, I, I, um, uh, when our kids were all young, I, I had a, I think it was a 1979 Buick LeSabre. So this is back in about nineteen. 19- 85, maybe 1990, but it was, it was, I I blew the engine in it. Now, I had a friend named George. Actually, he was a friend of my sister's and my brother-in-law. Now, George, uh, George uh, said, well, in order to be able to fix this, he said, I can fix this for you. The the mechanic, the shop was going to charge me two or three thousand. He said, I can do this for six or seven hundred bucks. He said, I can just do this in my yard. I said, I've got this cherry picker. I can pull the engine out. I can put another one in. I got this whole thing. I can can handle this thing. So I said, well, how much do you need? What do you need? He told me how much money he needed. He told me everything. And so I said, okay, George, here's the deal. Here's all the money you need. Here's everything you need. When can I pick it up? He said, I can have it done within a week. I said, great. At the end of the week, after I had given George everything he needed to fix my car. Everything. All the money. I went to George's place and the car was sitting exactly the way it was when I left. I said, George, what about the... Oh, he said, I haven't gotten to it yet. I'm, I'm going to get to it anytime. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm gonna- and I waited another week. Then I called my brother-in-law who was a friend of George and I said, I said, you know... I don't understand it. I've given George everything he needs to do the job. But George hasn't done it. He said, oh no, Dave. He said, you gave him the money up front? I said, yeah. He said, he's a gambler, Dave. I said, oh, no. He said, he said, you're never gonna see that. You're never gonna see it. You're never gonna... And and the truth of the matter is, though I gave him everything he needed, Though I gave him everything, he had, all the, he had the resources, he had the tools, he had the tools there. I never got the car back, in fact I had somebody else fix it, uh, because, because he wasn't reliable. The deal, the deal is, I gave him everything he needed, but he didn't do the job, even though he had everything. Oftentimes Christians say, well I can't. In fact, you allow the devil to tell you, you can't. And you hear yourself, uh, some, some Christians are very, very uh, positively negative. Do you know what I mean by that? They'll say, oh, I, I absolutely cannot do that. I, oh, there is absolutely no way that I can do that. Or they'll say things like this, you are going to die if you do that. Or they'll say, that positively, absolutely positively negative. Oh, man, that car is going to hit you absolutely positively negative. You speak things into your life that are just totally destructive. You shouldn't say things like that. Don't say, man, if you do that. Don't do that. Let some positive words come out of your mouth. Here's, here, here's the deal. Uh, we, we need to use our mouth properly. God's given you everything you need to produce for Him. So produce for Him. He, uh, he expects Production. Isn't it amazing? He sows into our life this se- these seeds so that they will produce, and it's all there. You say, well, I don't, I don't know if I have any, any abilities. You know, if I have any abilities, they're little tiny things. Look what he says next. Look what he says next. Verse 31. It is like a grain of mustard seed which when it is sown in the earth is less than all the seeds that that be in the earth. But when it is sown, it groweth up and becometh greater than all the herbs and shooteth out its branches so that all the fowls of the air may lodge under the shadow of it. And with many such parables spake he the word unto them as they were able to hear it. So he says, look, understand this. God wants you to be like a mustard seed. And he says, look, the mustard seed is the smallest of all the grains. That is a mustard seed. That's a tiny, tiny, I mean, that finger is really big, you understand? And and, and that's really a blown-up finger, and that's a blown-up mustard seed. Look how tiny and tiny that is. And God said, look, I've put within you the seed to produce don't say, I can't love that person. Don't say, I just can't, oh, it's so you don't know what I've gone through, I just can't have joy. Don't say that. I just, I'm just anxious about everything. Don't say that. God has given you a mustard seed of love and joy and peace and long-suffering and gentleness and goodness and faith. And he expects you to, to water it and take care of it so it will produce. That must, that's a mustard seed tree. I, I read uh, commentaries this week about mustard seeds. And they said, well, a mustard seed plant only grows this big. And it's got big yellow things. It's a massive mustard seed plant. But in Israel, they have mustard seed trees. And that's what Jesus is talking about. It's huge. From a little tiny seed. Now, I don't know what it is that God wants to do in your life. But, he, but he's saying, you, you are the good seed that he's planting a mustard seed in so we can produce a mustard tree. Oftentimes we think that we don't have much. But if we use what God places in us, it can be huge. I mean huge, it can be huge. It can, God can do great things in your life if you'll just say, okay, God, I don't have the ability to love that guy. I don't have the ability to love my family. I don't have the ability to do that. I surrender to you. Produce in my life love. God, I surrender to you. God, I'm tired, I'm worn out. I don't have the, I don't have the energy to, to minister to people. God, produce in my life that energy. Get Produce in my life that joy and that peace. Produce in my life so that other people can benefit when they're around you. God wants other people to be able to pick the fruit of your life. And he's told you what he's put in your life. So that when you walk away from, that, from, from uh, an individual that's a Christian, that's uh, surrendered, you feel encouraged. Because you've got to eat the sweet nectar of the peach that he's produced. God is producing in our life and he wants it. He, he is, again, He wants it to be like a light that shines up a room. He didn't give you the fruit to hog it to yourself. Now, the deal is you have to feed water. And how do you do that? Well, you need to to be in the Word. The Word, the Bible says, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the Word, the Word that you may grow thereby, you need the Word of God in your life to feed that fruit so that fruit will come forth. And then you need prayer. You need to be a person of prayer. I, God, I want to be surrendered. I want, I want your Holy Spirit to control me so that I am producing the fruit of the Spirit. I want that. What Jesus said, this is Jesus speaking, if you being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more will your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask Him? Every day you ought to say, Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit will produce in me the fruit of the that other people can eat from. And then the church. God's given you the church. So he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry. The reason you come here to be fed the Word of God is so that, so that uh, you can... or You come and you get fed the Word of God so that you can become what God wants you to be. He's given you the Word of God. He's given you prayer. He's given you the local church so that you can grow in Him. And you can produce this fruit so that you can walk into a room and light up a room. There are people that I know that do that. You know people like that. You see somebody and you say, wow, when I see you, you're just an encouragement to me. When I see you, you just, it it just, I'm, 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 I'm encouraged. Just talking to you. you Don't even need to talk about a whole lot of things. Just being with them. They have an ability to encourage you. Why? Because the fruit of the Spirit is being produced out of your life. When God saved you, His Holy Spirit came to live inside of you. So let's just quickly review. He he brought with Him fruit. So that that love and joy and peace and long-suffering and gentleness and goodness and faith. He brought with Him gifts. He brought with him, he, he, he planted them inside of you, and he wants them to bless and to serve others. That's what our life is all about. When we get to the point where we stop living our life to be served, and we stop looking for the next exciting thing, and we say, God, we're your servants. God, we're your servants. There's a person that needs hurt, or it's hurting, that needs help. They need encouragement. God, work through me. Then God will produce. He wants to produce. And if you're not going to produce fruit, he'll put you aside, and he'll, do, he'll, he'll, he'll produce the fruit in others. So let your light so shine that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Be busy sowing in the life of others. You, you can't pick fruit if you don't plant seed. That's what my mentor used to say. And remember, you reap what you sow. Father, I pray that you'll help us to take the truths that are here in this passage. Lord Jesus, thank you for teaching us. Father, it's easy to just want to go home and rest. It's easy to want to just say, oh, I'm too tired. It's easy to say, I'm just not that kind of person. But God, you want to produce in us fruit. And I pray, Father, that this lesson tonight will just, you'll, that you'll plant it in the hearts and minds of every person here. That will go home and think about it. What, it is, what is it that you want to produce in our lives? And Father, that we'll surrender to you so that you will produce in us the fruit of the Spirit and the gifts, God, that you want in us so that we can effectively bring light into every room that we walk into. We ask this in the name of Jesus. We hope that message was an encouragement to your heart. Now for weekly updates and for information about Liberty Baptist Church, be sure to follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook at LBC of Las Vegas. Well, that's it for today. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, God bless.